Hello again, friends. This is Pastor Lowell. Welcome back to our series on end-time prophecy entitled Return to Rome. This is number three. We are studying the end of Protestantism. I invite you to join me for just a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we again turn our attention today to Bible prophecy, we pray you would teach us truth from your word and also from the events taking place in our world around us. Bless our listeners, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Return to Rome, the end of Protestantism, number three. We were studying from Revelation 13, verse 3, where the Bible says, All the world wandered after the beast. And we understand that word wander means they followed after, they marveled and followed after the beast. Now, in order for that to take place, we saw that five, at least five things must have happened. Number one, the death of Protestantism. Number two, a positive view of the papacy. Number three, religious unification. Number four, the removal of competition. So Rome has nobody competing for global control. And finally, number five, there must be a global common problem or a global common enemy. And we've been looking at the, number one, the death of Protestantism. Today we are looking at our third study in the death of Protestantism. And I want to read a statement from a Protestant. This was published in the Washington Post, October 27 of 2017. The statement is from Professor Stanley Hauervoss. He is an emeritus professor at Duke Divinity School. That's a Methodist uh, university. And he also taught for some time at Notre Dame University, which is a Catholic university. So here you can see a Protestant professor taught at a Catholic university, and then he taught for many years at a Protestant university. I thought that was interesting how he could teach them both. But he said this, the Reformation is over. This was October 27, 2017. He says, the Reformation is over. Protestants won. So why are we still here? Now you tell me, do you agree with what Professor Hauervoss says? Protestants won? I would say no. Protestants did not win. The Jesuits won, not the Protestants. But in the article in the Wall Street Journal, it says this, quote, 500 years after its inception, we are witnessing the end of the Reformation. So that's why I've been telling you the ref Protestantism essentially died in 2017, and we had the funeral then. We just need to bury the casket. He says the very name Protestant suggests a protest movement aimed at the reform of a church that now bears the name of Roman Catholicism. But the reality is that the Reformation worked. Most of the reforms Protestants wanted Catholics to make have been made. End of quote. Do you agree with Professor Harvath? I say no. <laughs> the reforms were not made. Actually, Protestants have deformed, if anything. They've become more like Rome. I'm reading on. He says later in the article, Protestantism has become an end in itself, even though it's hard to explain from a Protestant point of view why it should exist. 
But, he says, but I am still a Protestant, even though I'm not sure I know what I am saying when I say I am a Protestant. End of quote. <laughs> Do you know what you're saying? If you say you're a Protestant, I would say Professor Hauervoss is confused. That sounds like Babylon. We should know why we are Protestants. Let me share with you some differences. Protestants believe that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Catholics believe the Pope is the head of the church. Protestants believe the Bible is our foundation of faith, our guide of life, our instructor in doctrine. Catholics, of course, believe that tradition is our foundation of faith. Protestants confess our sins. We confess our sins directly to Jesus Christ. Catholics, they confess their sins to a priest. Protestants believe that God's law is changeless. Catholics change God's law. Now, on that last point, Protestants believe God's law is changeless. Well, to a certain degree. Let me read a statement from the Catholic Universe Bulletin back in 1942. It says this, The Roman Catholic Church changed the observance of the Sabbath to Sunday by right of the divine infallible authority given to her by her founder, Jesus Christ. The Protestant claiming the Bible to be the only guide of faith has no warrant, or in other words, no reason, for observing Sunday. In this matter, the Seventh-day Adventist is the only consistent Protestant. End of quote. So the Catholic Church essentially says that the Seventh-day Adventist is the only consistent Protestant. So yes, there's still a Protestant church. <laughs> and that's the Seventh-day Adventist church. Most of these other Protestant churches, they have nothing else to protest. They are, as we have said, Protestantism has dead. It's died. For most of the rest of the world, Protestant world, it's dead. Seventh-day Adventists, we still have something to protest. We protest that we believe in the Bible. We protest that you should keep the Seventh-day Sabbath holy because it's one of the Ten Commandments. There are Ten Commandments in the Ten Commandments. I want to read now from the book Great Controversy, page 205. It says, Satan is still working through every means which he can control to destroy religious liberty. The anti-Christian power, which the protesters of Spires rejected, is now with renewed vigor seeking to reestablish its lost supremacy. I would encourage you to read the chapter, The Protest of the Princes, in the book Great Controversy. That's the protest of Spires. That's where the word Protestantism originated. came from 1529, the protest. But now, of course, there simply is not much left to protest. All the world is wandering after the beast. Now, the good news is not everybody is wandering after the beast. Revelation 13, verse 8 says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So there's an exception. Those whose names are in the Lamb's book of life, they're not going to wander after the beast. Revelation 14, verse 4 says, These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. 
God has a church today that is still following the Lamb, Jesus Christ, still protesting. We protest Jesus as the head of the church. We protest the Bible as our foundation of faith. We protest that we should confess our sins directly to Jesus. And we protest that God's law is changeless, that there are still Ten Commandments in the Ten Commandments, including the Sabbath commandment. But, for most of the rest of the Protestant world, the protest is over. And that's why the Catholic Herald, July 23, 2015, said, Francis is convinced that the Reformation is already over. Now that brings me to an important question for you, friend, listening friend. Is your Reformation over? Pope believes the Reformation is over, and for most Protestants, the Reformation has ended. How about you, friend? Is your Reformation over? Do we still need Reformation in the Seventh-day Adventist Church? Do we need reforms? Take, for example, health reform. Do we need health reform today? Let me read something that is an amazing statement from a book entitled Councils on Diets and Food, page 380, written by an inspired author. Quote, vegetables, fruits, and grains should compose our diet. Not an ounce of flesh meat should enter our stomachs. The eating of flesh is unnatural. We are to return to God's original purpose in the creation of man. End of quote. That came from a book a long time ago, but it is so true today. And now with the coronavirus, more and more people, not even Christian people, are eating a healthier diet. We as Seventh-day Adventists, if we haven't got there yet, now's the time to make the shift to a plant-based diet. Let me read another statement from a book entitled Maranatha, page 62. It says, quote, again and again, I have been shown, Ellen White is speaking here, I have been shown that God is trying to lead us back step by step to his original design that man should subsist, should live, that is, upon the natural products of the earth. Among those who are waiting for the coming of the Lord, that of course would be Seventh-day Adventists, among those who are waiting for the coming of the Lord, meat eating will eventually be done away. Flesh will cease to form a part of their diet. We should ever keep this end in view and endeavor to work steadily toward it. End of quote. So if we're not yet vegetarian, we are to make that our goal and we're to work steadily toward that. For those that are preparing for Christ's coming, we're told clearly meat-eating is going to be done away with. Think about it. When we get to heaven, there'll be no chicken, no feathered vegetables there on the golden table. There'll be no swimming vegetables, no fish served in heaven. And if we're planning to go soon, and now's the time to make the change of diet. Let me read on. Same book, same page. Maranatha, page 62. It says, Greater reforms should be seen among the people who claim to be looking for the soon appearing of Christ. That's us Seventh-day Adventists. Health reform is to do among our people a work which it has not yet done. 
There are those who ought to be awake to the danger of meat-eating who are still eating the flesh of animals, thus endangering the physical, mental, and spiritual health. Many, what's that word? Many, many who are now only half converted on the question of meat-eating will go from God's people to walk no more with them, end of quote. That's a pretty amazing statement. So Ellen White predicts that those who can't seem to give up their meat-eating, they will eventually leave God's people. They'll leave the church. Pretty solemn warning. I'm reading now from Volume 9 of the Testimonies, page 159. Quote, If meat-eating was ever helpful, it is not safe now. Cancers, tumors, and pulmonary diseases are largely caused by meat-eating. End of quote. You understand the coronavirus, that's a pulmonary disease. So to strengthen our immune system, we need to eat the original diet, a plant-based diet. You may have heard that in 2015, October 25, 2015, the World Health Organization stated processed meats do cause cancer. A lot of people were not happy with that statement, but it's a fact. Now let me share from you from the Loma Linda Health Study. Individuals who ate red meat once per week had a 38% higher chance of colon cancer compared with those who abstained from red meat. Those who preferred white meat once per week had a 55% higher risk that's a risk of colon cancer, compared with those who did not eat poultry, that's chicken, or fish. So our own Loma Linda Health Study, Loma Linda is our own Seventh-day Adventist Health University Hospital, states that if we eat meat, well, we're increasing our risk of colon cancer. Let me take you back now to Councils on Diets and Foods. Page 402 says, Let our ministers and canvassers step under the banners of strict temperance. Never be ashamed to say, No, thank you. I do not eat meat. I have conscientious scruples against eating the flesh of dead animals. Concerning flesh meat, we can all say, Let it alone. And all should bear clear testimony against tea and coffee, never using them. They are narcotics, injurious alike to the brain and to the other organs of the body. End of quote. That was Councils on Diets and Foods, page 402. Concerning flesh meat, we can all say, let it alone. And then it says tea. <laughs> I know some of us, we need to give up our tea. If you haven't made that step yet, friend, I challenge you. It's got caffeine in it. Drink water instead. So my question for you, friend, is your reformation over? Some people, when it comes to health reform, it's like, don't talk to me anymore. I'm not, no more reformation in that area. Do we need a reformation in health reform? That's not the only reform we need a reformation in. As Seventh-day Adventists. How about dress reform? We come to church, or at least when we used to go to church, before they closed the churches because of corona, 
we would come to church and you know these some of these ladies in church they dress like or maybe they don't dress enough we need a reformation in dress dress reform what about music reform have you noticed how some of our music is now sounding sounding like the disco or sounding like the bar we need a reformation in music what about entertainment when we as Seventh-day Adventists can cheer the same football team or watch the same boxing match as the worldling, we need a reformation in our entertainment. How about our finances? I know there are many Seventh-day Adventists they don't return a faithful tithe. We need a reformation in our finances, giving to God's cause. How about an outreach and soul winning? Do we need a revival or a reformation in soul winning? My question for you, listening friend, is your reformation over? We need to spend more time with God's Word. We need a reformation in study. We need, to, we need face-to-face with Jesus Christ, my Savior, not Facebook. <laughs> Our Reformation needs to continue. Well, friend, we've seen how that Protestantism has died. We're going to continue our study. We're going to look at a positive view of the papacy, religious unification, removal of competition, a global common problem, common enemy. All of that is yet to come. Let's pray that God help us to be faithful. I invite you to join me for just a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, We pray you would help us to continue the Reformation until we become a reflection of Jesus. May that be the experience of each of our listeners, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Next time, we'll we'll begin Section 2 of our Return to Rome series, and that is the Pope Francis Effect and Agenda. Join us next time. Until we meet again, God bless you.